Hey, my friends. I'm Rachel Scott, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of Parent Teacher Conference, a podcast about popular, enduring topics in education from the perspective of parents, teachers, and educators. In today's episode, Ms. Dalton Howard, one of our third grade teachers, uh, Ms. Rachel Rice, she's a mom of five kids here at St. Andrews, and Abigail Shannon, one of our third grade students in Ms. Howard's class, will discuss academic performance and feedback. So why don't we start, do you, each of y'all want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Abigail, you go first. So... Do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay, I'll go first. Um, my name is Dalton Howard. I'm a third grade teacher here at St. Andrews. I've been teaching for 10 years. Um, I've taught in public school, Catholic school, independent school. I went to independent schools my whole life, so I'm familiar with that kind of um, setting. I love being here. I went to LSU for my bachelor's and got my master's in curriculum and instruction and knew I wanted to be a teacher like pretty early. It was pretty early on. Um, and I have two kids here at St. Andrews. One in foundations and... And one in pre-K-4. Uh, I am Rachel Rice, and I have five children here at St. Andrews, ranging from foundations all the way up to fifth grade. Um, we actually are recently moved to, or we have recently moved to Mississippi and uh, went to another school and moved here uh, for a variety of reasons. Spent most of my life in a private institution uh, and really gravitated to this uh, type of instruction because of that. Awesome. All right, Abigail, you ready? My name is Abigail Shannon. I am four foot three. I live in Madison, Mississippi, and my birthday is September 25th, 2012. All right, and you've been at St. Andrews? For three and a half years. This is my third year. Okay, very good. All right, so what we're going to talk about is academic performance. Um, it can mean different things to different people, I think, depending on your perspective and, like, where you're at in this environment. Um, oftentimes, when I hear parents talk about academic performance, we think grades and report cards, right? Um, but for students, it could be how you're doing in class, like the feedback your teacher gives you and how it makes you feel, whether it gets you excited about trying again or if you're like, okay, I don't ever want to do that again in my whole life. And from teacher's perspective, there's lots of different things and pieces that we see every day that those from the outside don't always see that we know impact performance. Right. Um, do you feel like academic performance is like a black and white thing or do you feel like it's a little bit more fluid? Like it's one of those things totally that can fluid. kind of totally, it's totally fluid. fluid. You, you, you can have a kindergarten child who struggles end up being one of your top readers in third grade. Or you can see a child in kindergarten or first grade who was one of your best readers hit a wall in third grade or fourth grade or whenever. I mean, I think it depends on the child the subject, their circumstance. I mean, things can happen in a child's life that throw them for a loop or, you know, I mean, it has a lot to do with kind of the kind of support they have at home. I think that children are developing at all times. They're gaining that independence at different times too. And that independence usually comes with success in school. And it just, I think it's totally fluid. 
Okay, I, as but, an educator, I agree totally. Too. Fluid. And I feel like there's a lot of different pieces like to the puzzle that give us a good, you know, picture of academic performance. As a parent's perspective, like when you think academic performance, what does that like mean to you? Like, what is the pieces that you look at as a parent trying to support your children? I think my definition has changed over the years. You know, coming, growing up, it was one very black and white standard, and now it's really the importance to me is meeting my child where they are and and knowing that I'm going to have one child because they're all wildly different who is just that academic child and just those things come naturally. I'm going to have the other who, you know, loves a particular subject. Maybe it's art, maybe it's science and really thrives in that and maybe not in the other ones. And I think the importance is finding what they love and encouraging it that and if they do their best, and the best is an A, fabulous. If they do their best, and the best is a C, fabulous. I think I was always taught that, you know, when I was struggling, my mom would say, well, Rachel, what are they called the doctor who graduated last? It's a doctor. Yeah. You know, and in and the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is their mental health, their love of learning, and, and not squashing that. So I think academic performance is, is all encompassing and it's fluid and there is no black and white anymore. You have grades, but grades don't tell the whole story. The A student could be suffering just as much as the C or D or F student. So. Abigail, what do you think? Do you think that your performance in school, is it, do you look really at your grades or do you look a lot at like what's going on in the classroom around you and like the feedback Ms. Howard gives you and the encouragement when you're working. Do you look at grades or both? I I like to look at my grades to see, because like my main goal is trying to get like mostly A's and M's, because I'm trying to be like that kid, the kind of kid who knows how to get her stuff done. Maybe not always on time, but at least she gets it done. So I like to look at my piece, like at my grades, and I look, and sometimes I see an M, sometimes I see a B, sometimes I see a C, sometimes I see an A, but at least the good thing is that I never really get an F. That, that is a good thing. But do you feel like you're always doing your best? I try to. And that's what counts, I think. I agree. <laughs> Abigail really steps up pretty much on a regular basis. How does academic performance and like how you address it in the classroom and as a parent differ from those higher performing students versus the lower? Like how do you foster that and encourage it? I know you mentioned Rachel like meeting them where they're at, but what does that look like going forward? I think it depends on the age. I'm going to jump in. No, I was expecting so, to jump. <laughs> the, so I, in my experience, the children who are familiar with struggling academically, typically some, I mean, not every time, but often have already experienced perseverance. So taking a second look at something is no skin off their back. And if they've struggled before and they're familiar with that feeling, it's, it's actually almost easier to be like, hey, let's take a second look at this, or you know, whatever the case may be. Whereas a child who's just experienced nothing but success, when they get feedback that's not, hey, this piece of work is perfect, 
it's very emotional for them. And I, I think you have to tread lightly when a very high-performing child is struggling with something or needs to work on something that they, and they weren't expecting that feedback. I think I noticed that a lot in third grade. How they handle it. Mm -hmm. How they handle that feedback because third grade's a, a big, big transition year, mm -hmm. huge transition. The independence expectation is very, very high. And our job is to get them ready for fourth grade and giving them feedback and ha them being able to accept that feedback and use it is very hard. Yeah. They're very young. They're That's still very, they're very concrete. Developmentally of how to apply it. It's not just a, no, don't do this again. It's right. okay, let's try this again. Yeah. And how are we going to do it going forward? And sometimes they have trouble hearing that and not getting emotional yeah. because they're going from concrete to abstract thinking and... I think any time a child hears this is wrong, they take it personally. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't. I and I think it's hard to say. Hey, you're you're not wrong, but this this sentence we need to fix it. We just have room to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think um, I watched my my. I have siblings who are 10, 12, and fifteen years younger than I am, and my middle brother. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my middle brother was that high-performing, high-achieving mm -hmm. student, like never got less than an A. And I remember hearing he got less than an A and had a breakdown. And he was, he was in upper-level school. You know, he wasn't in first, second, third, fourth grade. And he got his first B, and he just he had a literal breakdown yeah. over the fact that he wasn't perfect. I mean, this is the kid that had... He, he went to Andover and, and had like a, a five one or whatever that insane average is. Um, after seeing that and then being a parent and initially your first, my first thought, my husband's first thought was, you know, we've got to really push to get them into a good school and all of that. And then as you go through and you have so, so many children, <laughs> so many different personalities, it then becomes... Well, A, just do your best. And and regardless of what your best is, uh, grade-wise, we love you. And this, at this age, is a perfect time to make a mistake. And make it to now. learn from your yeah. mistake and how to grow from your mistake, but how to accept when someone says, that's not exactly how we need to do it. Maybe you don't do it that way, so you work with them to find a way that works with their brain. I have one child who has dyslexia. She's not, neuro, she's not neurotypical, and so her brain works very differently. And finding ways to get things to click, like spelling, um, takes meeting them in a different place. Right. And, and I think really that's and, – and only you as the parent will know and will advocate, should advocate for your child – Embracing the fact that we're not all going to learn the same, we're not all going to have the same grades, and then teaching your children to be self-advocates and speaking with the, the teacher and, and giving the teacher your left and right bounds. Like, this is where I'm okay with my child having a challenge and trying to figure it out, and this is where we need to say, whoa, whoa, we're not okay, we need to pick up something else, and maybe we need to get another resource in here or, or whatever. I think is really important having that discussion with your child and with the teacher, and you're all on board um, at least that's how we, we handle it. Yeah. From a teacher perspective, those students, um, that are 
high performers. Like things come easy, you know, especially in lower school, you get it, you get those kids that they just pick up so easy. And sometimes um, that leaves them kind of ill prepared for those challenges that are coming in that, that next big developmental stage. How do you try to push them um, that even if they are those top performers to continue to grow? like to kind of not stay stagnant or just settle for, okay, you're making straight A's, but like how do you keep pushing that so that they can continue to excel and grow and challenge themselves? Well, we we have a lot of resources at our disposal here at St. Andrews. We have a lot of, there's a, there's a very wide range that comes with every single subject. I can extend an activity immediately. We have lots of resources. There is never, I don't allow the word bored in my classroom. Right. That's not a thing. My mother used to say boring people are bored. I was not going to be bored. <laughs> um, so, like yeah, they, uh, there's never an idle child in the room. And they are all over the map. They're all very, very different. And they do get the same assignment typically at their desks, but the way they complete it is different for every single child. So you really make it a goal to make sure that they're all challenged. It's very differentiated. Yeah. And that is thanks to the school. I mean, I have never worked somewhere yeah. with this this many resources at my disposal. And I think, too, like just demonstrating and modeling intellectual curiosity, if I don't know yeah. the answer to something, I'm not going to like pretend like I have to keep up this image of mm -hmm. this all-knowing adult. I'll be like, hey, I don't, I don't know. And there's a whole case of Chromebooks. Right. And let's use the skills that we have to look that up to find, find the answer because I want to foster that curiosity and model, I don't know. The smartest people I've ever met are able to say, I don't know. And yeah. I feel like kids don't really hear that from adults that much. Yeah, and I've heard that from students, even my own children. Like, they get this image of what the teacher is, and they're supposed to know all these things. Well, why didn't they know this? Or they got this wrong. And, you know, to foster that growth, you know, to use the tools that are available to really dig in deeper and, and to find out solving. more. Yes. That's a big thing in third grade is, Miss Howard, should I throw this post-it note away? What do you think? Let's, what do you think you should do with that <laughs> post-it note that is crumpled? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that sometimes those questions – are develop they are developmentally appropriate. And I think that's important to remind mm -hmm. myself and parents that they are y'all are children, and that those kinds of questions they really might not know the answer. And as long as you have the energy to find out, the same way you have the energy to ask me, then I think that that's just important. Yeah, um, Rachel, do you have any like kind of standards like that you look at for academic performance, like expectations for your kids? Um, like kind of that are just like the ground rules? Uh, we used to. <laughs> <laughs> we used to be very, very, you know, do your best as an A, right? <laughs> right? Your best as an A, right? I know you. I know you could do this. Um, and then I realized that, and this is brutally honest, that if my child didn't make an A, I didn't say, ooh, you needed help somewhere. I said, ooh, that looks poorly upon me. Someone's going to think uh -huh. I'm a bad mom. I didn't help you study enough. I didn't help you. And that's been a really hard pill to swallow, to acknowledge that. Um, because what they do at school and how they learn isn't a reflection upon me. Um, and sure, there are things, you know, whoops, I, I forgot. You know, you're supposed to study for that test. That's a problem, right? right? 
but I've got five kids. I'm not going to remember who had a test today, tomorrow, the next day, and did we all study? But what we do try to do is instill really good habits because those are going to be more important than your grade in the long run. So what do you have for homework today? Oh, I have my spelling sheet and a math sheet. Okay. Well, you have a spelling test. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So have we studied for that test? Well, that's not really homework. I'm like, hmm, but that is homework, right? So for each kid, it's different, right? For our child with dyslexia, she has a little bit of an executive functioning challenge as well. So we have to help her, and the school is phenomenal with its resources on teaching executive function skills and how to organize and and what works for her. So that's really our standard, is are our children being honest and communicating? Are they doing their absolute best? And when they don't perform at whatever grade we all expect, we look at why, and then we say, did it feel good? You know you didn't study. You chose other things. How did that feel getting whatever grade that was? And then they tell you, it didn't yeah. feel very good. Or, you know, we had one who came home yesterday, Mom, I missed 5.5 on this and blah, 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 and it turns out it's a B, and she's like, yes, I got a B on that test. Yeah. And that's what you want. She worked hard on that test. She got a B. She was proud of what she She was very good. proud, and as she should be, because she and worked letter, hard in yes, art. Yes, So I think that's really what we've learned is the standard of, are they happy with their grade? Did they try their best? And are we establishing good habits? And is yeah. there growth? Like, right, yeah. Right? Like, that's, I feel like, like we're not staying happy at a B. No, and I think that's great. Yeah. Like, if, if she made a B and that's showing any sort of growth, I think that's mm-hmm. great. Because yeah. we know children learn at different levels and different paces, and I think that, I mean, I would have my party, my parents would have thrown a party if I made a B. Uh, and I would have gotten in trouble. Yeah. See, I would have gotten in trouble. <laughs> Crazy. They yeah. would have been yeah. like, "Well, you weren't really trying your hardest." And see, I was doing that to my children, and I realized that that's not right because yeah. they were. And and what we've come to realize is we're all doing the best we can in the moment. And yesterday's moment, we had a whole bunch of different things going on than today's moment. Right. So maybe our best in the moment, it was just a really crappy off day. Yeah. You feel like it's almost breaking some cycles, like some preconceived notions that we have about academic performance that we've just carried for so long that yeah. we're kind of getting, you know, attention is drawn to it and we're noticing that we need to break these habits. Well, or how you know. felt as a kid, right? <laughs> I mean, I was... How about you, Abigail? Yeah. How do you feel? about your grades. I mean, and I know you have set big goals, right? But like when things don't go quite like we want them to, maybe we're struggling with a new skill, maybe something new in math is really giving us some some difficulty. How does that feel when you feel like it's not quite what you want? A, I don't understand it because I don't know what an M means and I don't know what an A means and I don't know what a B means. Okay. I only really know what an F means. And secondly, I try and do my best. I just look at the percentages Ms. Howard writes down. Like, okay, so the numbers. Yeah, for example, earlier today, I did poorly on my um, Mad Minute. It's like a math test, and you have okay. to do it in like five minutes. And I was like going all over the thing, like, okay, let, um, two times, yada, yada. Yeah. And then I write it down. Multiplication. And I got like half the row empty and I had and I was like it was two percent and I was like oh my gosh I felt very bad because I'm like I could have done so much better on this um and don't ask me what 
the um, what letter it was because I have no idea. I forgot. But she looked at that percentage yeah. and he just knew. Honestly, it was probably. That. I don't even think she. Maybe she wrote it, but all we I know is that we do letters today. We just gave percentages to see where we are with our fact fluency. Okay. And those are those are hard. They are hard. The the Mad Minutes, which are very old school, they are and but they, we do them to motivate children to study their facts, and we're really in the thick of that right now. That's okay. like we've we've done multiplication. We're really in the middle of that um, chapter, and I think that is their first real taste of independence. Learning, pulling out those flashcards, flipping through those flashcards. And that's hard. That's another reason why third grade is hard. It's ownership. It is ownership. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that is so healthy for children, even if it means they mess up and they make a mistake. Let that happen now and not, I mean, if, if they're constantly being saved and if they are, if they're being rescued from making mistakes at yeah. this age, I have I've seen that backfire. Backfire. Yeah. When they get older. So Miss Rachel was talking, Abigail, Miss Rachel was talking about creating good habits. Do you have any really good habits that you use regularly that you feel help keep your grades like where you're you feel like you're doing better at school? Habits? Mm -hmm. Like with homework or studying. Oh, okay, okay. Well, one habit for math is I go over my flashcards. I try and study, 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 and and um, another part for math is like hoping that I've studied enough, and I'm like looking through them. I'm studying and faith, and for spelling, I've actually. Spelling, like good handwriting, knowing how to spell things without dictionaries, um, runs through my family. My dad had good handwriting. My mom writes, um, has good handwriting. My grandma has good handwriting. And I, if I do say so myself, I have good handwriting. Okay. You do. Have you practiced a Thank lot? You. you do. Yes. Yeah. Very good. All right, Miss Howard, the last question for you. Okay. If you had any advice for parents... Um, or in students, like what would you wish that they knew about academic performance? Like I, we just came out of like conferences, so I know that this is fresh on everybody's mind. What yeah. do you want all of our parents to know as a from a teacher let perspective? Let them have responsibility. Let them mess up. Let them take ownership. It's they're old enough. They they can do it now. And if they don't taste that ownership now than middle school and high school when the stakes are higher. It, I, was, we, I was just saying, I, I really wish that they um, would, be, would gain some com comfort with letting them take responsibility. Like, let them remember their own library book. It's library day, every A day. So what should they probably be thinking about on F and A days? So in their, in their assignment pad, I'm teaching them. I'm giving them lots and lots of tools like our sheet protectors and our um, weekly spelling menus. They have to keep track of that in their blue binder. And we do that and design that for the child. Yeah. I don't want to know what the parent can keep track of. And I, 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 we've all been at school. I'm trying to teach the child how to keep track of stuff. And if they don't do their monthly reading, don't sign their log. If they did not study their math facts, don't assign their, don't initial their assignment pad. Yeah. 
let them mess up now and it doesn't feel good to mess up and it's I mean I'm a mom I want to save my children from right, every everything. mistake they <laughs> like what you were saying like how yeah. it reflects on us Ooh. as parents yeah. yeah yeah my kid's not forgetting his library books like that's how I feel right because then how awful is it to imagine your child is the one who can't check out books because they forgot their library right. books so you're mm -hmm. definitely putting them in this bag yeah. <laughs> like, and I am guilty of that and I think in third grade we, are, we don't have developmentally inappropriate expectations. They're appropriate, they can do the work. And I, I really wish parents, and m many of them do. I mean, a lot of, I just think it's a lot of, there's a lot of fear associated with letting go. And I say that as a mom who is afraid of letting go of a lot. So, um, but we're, I don't know how to communicate that this is the safest time to let go. No, I think that's And good. I know it's early, but that now's the time to do it. Good. So. Well, I want to thank all of you for coming and participating today and talking to us about academic performance and how we look at that and how we can encourage and help our students grow. So thank you very well, much. Thank, thank you. For having thank us. you for having us. Thank you so much. And thanks. Thank, thank you, you, Abigail, thank you. for coming and hanging out with the grown-ups. No problem. <laughs>